0: How many fans start showing up? So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner
2: navigation system.
0: Please say
2: a command. On ignition, powered, seat belts,
0: fastened, shift, drive. Twin City sports fans. Hold on tight. Live from the TCL broadcast
3: studios. This is the ride with Roycey. He's going the
1: distance.
3: Six.
2: Dodgers force a game seven. They win it three-one. Uh, did you hear what they said on Sports Center? I guess uh other people were aware of this. I wasn't until just now. The Dodgers have never had a Game 7 World Series game in LA. Yeah. I did that's, not uh, they had a game seven here against our fighting twinks, obviously, when Sandy Koufax, that dirty dog, beat our fellas 2-0 on two days' rest. Uh, pitching against Jim Kaat, who also was on two days rest. Yeah, but uh, that th- uh, I'm trying to think of how many times they won it in LA. Well, 65. Uh, Sixty-five. Yes, they won it in 65. They won it in 88. They 81. won it in 81. 91. I think that's it, right? That is only three times. Well, in LA? no, didn't they win? <laughs> they didn't. It, they, was it like six? Did they win in like 63? You might have won another one, yeah. Yeah, I'd have before, to, uh, before they beat yeah, the Twins, yeah. I, th- I think they did, and it was a big upset in '66 when they got swept by the Orioles. They were supposed to, that was, and then Koufax quit, yeah, you know, because of his elbow. But they got swept and didn't hit at all. They were kind of the always the hitless run wonders back in that era, but uh, uh, well, they were very successful right from the beginning, but '58. The Braves were in it, uh, 59. No, they beat the Go-Go Sox in uh, 59. They beat the mm-hmm. Go-Go Sox in 59, right? Dodgers beat them. Okay. I think it's second and, year. In 63,
3: 63, yeah, they swept the Yankees in 63.
2: Okay. So okay. two
3: years before they beat the Twins. Okay, so well.
2: would have been, so 59, 63, 65, 81, 88, that's it, five times? Five. Yeah. Five times because they haven't been in 29 years. And they only won
3: just, just the one
2: time one in Brooklyn? One time in Brooklyn, yeah. They oh. were in it there with the Yankees, uh, what, five times in six years or something like that and only beat them the one time. Thanks to my guy, Johnny Padres, <laughs> who the next morning woke up on a lawn. <laughs> <laughs> you worry about Jack Peterson's home run celebration? How about pod winning game seven celebration? <laughs> how, he don't even remember.
3: It. How about our guy Reavers last night? oh man, man he was in uh,
2: I didn't realize he was uh, I, I, I for some reason his tweets weren't popping into my account so I didn't uh, I didn't see him going uh, crazy last night but uh let's face it Halloween night not working today. it was a dangerous situation. a lot of <laughs> a lot of and the uh, and the team he apparently wants Houston to win. I, I guess so. I guess yeah. so? yeah, he okay. was. Uh, I mean, I want. Not... I'd like to see Houston win first time. All that, but it's not, not going to break my heart. Yeah, way. I'm,
3: I'm pulling for the Dodgers, but if the Astros win tonight, I'm fine with that. I like the Astros. Why was Reddick
2: playing? I don't know. Why against a lefty? That was uh, kind of a surprise because couldn't have Marwin Gonzalez Marwin Gonzalez wasn't playing, right? He doesn't. He I don't. I think, think he, he
3: came into the game later. But he
2: he doesn't hit lefties. But he had better chance. That was a terrible at bat. Reddick gave him with the bases loaded. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. But, uh, especially with Verlander hitting next, uh, and Verlander, uh, he, even though he got a hit, right? Uh, they took him he, out. He looks a little little inexperienced at the plate, too. It's a little uncomfortable. Man, I was I had a tweet all ready to go within two seconds if Verlander had won that game. Justin Verlander, World Series hi- hero, now all he needs is a girlfriend. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, had to kill that one. Was, uh, the joke was uh, there was nothing going on there. But, yeah, Game 7 is... Uh, Last year, it was uh, fantastic. Uh, we had a rain delay. We had everything. We had Roger Davis's home run. So if it's that good, we'll be fine. I did look some stuff up, however. I was uh, uh, kind of... I, I kept hearing that the 517, I, on a couple of national radio, sports radio shows and uh, the guys on TV, ESPN, uh, when... When a game is as compelling as the game was on Sunday night, that nobody complains about the time of game, right? Which is a lie, right? Five hours and seventeen minutes for That's five innings, ten innings.
3: It's ridiculous.
2: So, yeah. so I looked up some games. Okay, it was my two favorite World Series games I ever covered: Game Six, Yankees. I mean, Red Sox Mets, nineteen eighty-six. Eleven innings. Uh no, 10 innings, 402. Took mm-hmm. 402 for that one, which surprised me it was that long. Twins, 91, 11 innings, game six, uh, three forty-eight, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. So uh now it takes a long time to score 25 runs, but the pitching changes, there were 14 pitchers Sunday. Mm-hmm. There were nine in the Twins game and eight in the uh, Red Sox Mets game. Yeah, uh, that this whole idea of okay, this guy's just pitched three and a third innings for me, but he walked a guy. I gotta hook yeah, get him. Him out of there. I gotta go yeah. to the bullpen. You don't uh, Wicker. Uh, my friend Wicker did a great comment on this yesterday. I think I mentioned it yesterday about how this notion that. You're no longer willing to use the guys that got you there. You're no longer willing to, uh, uh, you know, give a guy any rope at all unless he's Verlander or Kershaw. And know?
3: even even Verlander, you could make the argument. Yeah, Verlander right. got pulled early. Yeah, you uh, don't too give it up too, right? right? Yeah. yeah, and he was he was good.
2: Yeah, that's uh, yeah. He was fine. He he, you know, the hitting the guy was his big mistake. Don't you think? When
3: he hit, when he hit, Udwin. yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: hitting hitting because I Utley looked fairly
3: helpless, but uh, Chase Utley, by the way, he looks like he's about seventy
2: years old, mm-hmm. and he's what thirty eight. Yeah, oh boy, he was a good hitter before that knee, but he apparently yeah. he's he apparently he's got a bad as bad a knee as you can have. Really? You know, they said it was like there was nothing there, like just like, no cartilage, just, no just, nothing, just bone on bone, and yeah. there was. No, they gave him the big contract, and then they said. Eh, yeah, maybe we should have looked at this knee a little closer. Cause, yeah. uh, but boy could he hit. But uh, Yeah. But anyway, game 7 tonight and uh they expect they're not going to do as many people as they did for the Cubs Indians last night last year because the Cubs. They did 40 million for that one, which was the biggest World Series game in years. Mm-hmm. But they expect to do 35 36 million, so that's Yeah, I don't know. basically they having a good World Se- you know, if it uh the, you, 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 I don't think 5.17 has been a great advertisement for baseball, but the World Series has been fun. So, hey, watch it and thank God it's in L.A. tonight and not Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what's the low tonight? What? If we kicked her off at 7.15. 30, 33. 7.15, it'd be 33, and then it'd get cold, right?
0: No, that's how low it's going okay. to get. It's 30 right. 33. But, with some but flurries. Pat, it's 34 right now. Okay, so,
3: that, that'd be better. Yeah, so at that'd least be it's better. not going to cool down that much. Mm, yeah,
2: right. That's,
0: yeah, that's optimistic, man.
2: <laughs> so uh, you know that's the the world playing the World Series this late is you know it's a good thing we're rotten now since we moved outdoors so uh, <laughs> we, we don't have to worry about going to the World Series again. We're not rotten, but we're we're modestly successful.
3: Yeah, we're not quite there yet. No. All right, we'll be back.
2: Uh, the Hero World Challenge uh, Tiger Woods event will be held in the Bahamas November 30th to December 3rd, and Tiger says he's going to play. Uh, Bob Herrig, the uh, ESPN golf columnist, is with us. Uh, little news here on what's uh, the start of the off season, right?
1: Yeah, I think it's, um, well, it might be a little too soon, for him to come back, it seems, it's also not that big of a surprise because of uh, you know the fact that he's been fairly, you know, for him anyway, fairly open, at least on social media, about his comeback. Uh, you know, he's posted a bunch of photos of himself or, or videos of himself swinging a golf club, and um, you, you figure he wouldn't be doing that if he weren't pleased with his progress, and... Um, you know, uh, if there's ever a place to return, it's at this event, only 18 players. It's an easy golf course. He has a home there. Um, you know, it, it's, it's an event that doesn't really count. Uh, it, it's, uh, it, but it's a, it's a great place for him to kind of see where he's at. It used to be the Williams World Challenge. He found
2: a new sponsor and moved the tournament a few years back, right?
1: Yeah, it was Williams, and then it was Target. Oh, that's right. Uh, and then, then it was Chevron. Uh, it used to be played in Southern California. Um, it's, it's the first tournament that he started, uh, you know, basically with his dad's guidance all the way back in uh, 1999, believe it or not. Really? I uh, didn't know that. And, yeah, and, and you know, obviously it ben- benefits his foundation. And so it's, you know, it's a, it's a big deal to him and it raises a lot of money for the foundation. Now he's got two other events on the tour also where where he's sort of the tournament host, and they they also help. But this, this one is really the one that's kind of, you know, the one that's dear to his heart because it's uh, it's the first one.
2: Now, uh, last year you got down there, he ended up 400 par, which wasn't that. He, he made a bunch of birdies, as you said, it's an easy golf course. Did his swing ever look right last year before he had to go back for more back surgery?
1: You know, at that tournament, it actually looked really good. I mean, it looked really good for a guy who hadn't played golf for over a year. It looked – everybody left the Bahamas thinking, you know what, this was an excellent first step. He led the field in birdies. He also led in double bogeys. Mm -hmm. It kind of made sense that he was going to be rusty. You know, there was competitive rust. There was golf rust, walking, just getting used to playing tournament golf again. The next time we saw him at Tory Pines, he didn't look the same. Um, and we don't really know what happened. Did, did he have a setback around the holidays? Was he not able to practice like he needed to? It could have been a combination of all that. And obviously, when he went to Dubai, he he never looked right there. That was only one round, and and then that was the last we've seen of him. Uh, you know, in a tournament, he had. Uh, you know, I think he tried very very hard here over these last couple of years to to make it work with what was considered a minimally invasive surgery, those microdissectomies that he yeah. had. Uh, but it just, it didn't work. It didn't take. And uh, he kept having a lot of nerve issues and nerve pain. So this last one, this fusion, is serious. It's, um, you know, it's a, quite a, it was, you know, a, a surgery that meant that he really couldn't swing a golf club for six months. And, and uh, uh, you know, it, many thought it could be career-ending, and, and, and it might still be. It's possible, but... For right now, he says the pain is gone. He doesn't have the nerve pain. That disc has been removed, so it can't rub up against the nerve. Um, I certainly, I guess there's a lot of other things that could go wrong, uh, but at least that part of it is not an issue anymore. And if he can remain pain-free, the question is, can can he be in a position to consistently practice so that he can be prepared? I think over the last three or four years, whenever he's played, He's just never been prepared at the level that he needs to be. He's always been recovering and recuperating and trying to rehab as opposed to, you know, after a tournament, after taking a couple of days, you kind of need to get back after it. And He's never really been able to do that.
2: This is the tenth time he's come back from some kind of an injury that knocked him off, and eight of those uh, since uh, what he let one his last last time he won something like you know what eight eight since his last major I think maybe that he's uh, he's hasn't been able you know he had to take significant time off before he came back.
1: Yeah, he's you know that was that one was the knee surgery that you yeah. know. Was probably the most serious of everything. If you if, you know really when you can th- when you think about it, ACL that that kept him out for eight months, uh, and and yet he came back and he and he won his third time back and yeah. and he was you know he was back to basically being Tiger that whole year 09, as you remember he lost the PGA at team, yeah. which he probably should have won, uh, and then you know he had after the. Scandal. He came back for a good three-year run from basically uh, 11 through 13, uh, and then he got hurt. You know, he, he had surgery in, in, in uh, the in spring of 2014, and his records since then, if you look at, it, is really horrible. It's when he's missed the majority of his cuts. He's he's had his worst finishes. You know, he's, he's just not been able to play. And um, you know, that's the other thing that people have to kind keep in mind is. You yeah, know, he is a long, long way from being competitive. He's got—he's got, I think, months ahead of him before you should—you should expect that he might be a factor anywhere. Because, uh, you know, these guys are all practicing and competing and playing, while he's been sitting there doing nothing, and, and uh, uh... You know, he's got a lot of ground to make up.
2: You know, if he's hitting it as good as he can right now, he's probably still going to be giving up 30 yards off the tee to about half the field that's down there in this the Bahamas too. I mean, it's it's not when he it's not the Tiger when he could out when he was out hitting everybody by 20 yards. These guys are now bombing it and he's stinging it basically when he tries to play.
1: Well, and that's another you know really you know good point. It's a factor too. Is you know can he? can he exist with that mindset knowing that he can't hit it out there with those guys anymore? Uh, You know, to use the basketball analogy, instead of dunking, he has to hit, he has to uh, refine his jump shot. You know, he's got to, he's got to, you know, figure out a different way to do it. And, uh, you know, Tiger is, you know, if, if everything is the same, his iron play is still elite and that can do wonders for him. If he can get his chipping and his short game back to where it needs to be, then he can be competitive. He doesn't need to hit at 330. Uh, you know, if he hits at 300 or 295, he'll be fine. You know, and, and use the other parts of his game. But you know, Tiger has sort of had it in his head. He wants to hit it out there with those guys. He's got, you know, there's there's a pride factor, an ego factor there, and he probably will be better served if he if he doesn't think that way. If he plays golf courses where you have to sort of maneuver it and. And, and you have to hit uh, five woods or two irons off the tee instead of drivers. So, you know, all this, all there's a there's a thing I think, a big mental thing he has to go through as well. Can he can he deal with being a diminished golfer uh, and and try to compete that way?
2: Bob Herrig's with us, ESPN golf columnist. Bob, uh, we we got a tournament in Las Vegas. Uh, how many of the next year's events are we playing this year? How, how far along
1: are we here? Just two more left. Uh, actually i believe it's three more okay. this week uh, and they've had four weeks of tournaments uh, there's there's a seven week stretch where they play eight events there's two there was last week when they were in china there was also an event in mississippi yes. for the guys who couldn't go over there so you know it, it's um, you know it, it's it's just kind of hard to get used to and wrap your arms around the idea that the season began already A month ago and they're going to play seven weeks of the 2017-18 season here before Thanksgiving and you know there's some guys already making headway uh, while a lot of guys shut it down and don't play at all so uh, it's um, you know it's sort of controversial that they're doing this in golf I mean there's a lot of other things going on like college football the NFL you know the World Series is gonna end tonight and you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of distractions for the sports consumer, and uh, it's not really thought of as golf season. So, uh, but there, the the PGA Tour's sort of mandate is, or their their motto is. If we have a sponsor that'll put up the money, we'll we'll play, <laughs> and it gives our our members opportunities.
2: Hey, quick and loans tournament now that's off the schedule for next year, right? Uh, July fourth, uh, the the one in Washington D.C., which Tiger was uh, associated with, isn't the Colonial is back? I mean, uh, Congressional is backed out, or is that still? Yeah, a, is that that's yeah, not on the, the schedule?
1: Right? It is no, the tournament is on the schedule. They're just not going to play at a congressional, and as of right now, they don't have a title sponsor.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, they don't they know where they're...
1: their usual date. But they don't know where they're going to play either, right? Exactly. They're not sure what cor- which course they're going to play at.
2: Because uh, the root word here is that uh, we might have one in 2019, but I'm not sure that's it. I'm not sure. Uh, the other rumor is that the one in West Virginia might move to the fall and create something. But you're also going to lose a couple of summer tournaments with the schedule moving up in 2019. So uh, we, it's really kind of still up in the air what the schedule will look like in 2019, right?
1: It is, yeah, because as you noted, they're changing it. They're moving things up. The PGA Championship's going to move, so the season will end sooner. It means a few events have to move to the fall or go away. Uh, it might create some openings for some other people. Um, you know, uh, if, if they can't find a sponsor uh, that wants to host Tigers tournament in uh, D.C., maybe they move it somewhere. Um, Houston doesn't have a title sponsor anymore, and neither does Colonial. Ooh, yeah. now, it's hard to believe they would move those events from those cities. Colonial is a long-time tournament. Uh, Shell, but, uh, uh, you know, they've got some holes to fill for sure.
2: Yeah, and uh, so Houston, uh, that was Shell forever, right? Then who was it? Was it that's right? Yeah, it was Shell forever, and they bailed out. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a time of flux. I uh, I can't say that I'm uh, opposed to the. Uh, players going back to March but the uh, fact that the PGA is moving uh, to, to May doesn't do us much good up here in the Twin Cities because they uh, you don't want to play a, a PGA up here in May that's for sure.
1: that was the you know that was the big negative to that move is is you potentially and almost assuredly uh, rule out some northern and northeastern locales because uh, even if you played at the end of May, um, there's just no guarantee that the grass will have grown enough, you yeah. know, to, to get a major championship ready. Uh, you know, sometimes it's really cold. There's still there could be snow in April, uh, and so that that is the, you know, sort of the negative of that move is they've they've lessened their ability to go to some great golf courses. Now, the other side of it is is they've maybe opened the door to some places that they might not have gone. You know, it, it, it's hard to go to Texas and Florida. Yep. Uh, you know, the southern states in August. That maybe some of those places are now available, or Arizona even. Um, you know, I mean, Florida is still oppressive in May, as we see at the Players Championship. But uh, it's it's way worse in August. So you know, it it opens up some doors while some of that while some others have closed.
2: Uh, hey Bob, thanks for your time. Have a good off season, sir.
1: Yes, sir.
2: Thanks a lot for having me. All right, uh, Bob Herrig, uh, golf columnist for uh, uh, ESPN and dot uh, com, and uh, Tiger. Uh, you know, golf's in pretty good shape for stars right now, but never hurts to get Tiger back. So hopefully, can't he'll, hurt at all. Hopefully, he'll be playing next season.
3: We are back on the ride with Royce. Johnny Height has a sports update. Thank
0: you, Manny. This update is sponsored by Beautyrest. Get a free Beautyrest Sleep Tracker monitor with the purchase of select mattresses during the Beautyrest High Performance Sleep Sale. Find a retailer at BeautyrestRetailers.com. Get yours at Becker Furniture World's eight locations. Game 7 of the World Series right here tonight on 1500 ESPN. Houston at Los Angeles, the series, of course, Tied at three games apiece, winner takes all. Starting pitchers tonight, Hugh Darvish for the Dodgers, Lance McCullers Jr. for the Astros. Our coverage, 7 o'clock tonight, right after the great outdoors at 1500 ESPN. And
3: I think Lance McCullers, Johnny, is still warming up. Did you see that last yes. night? He was
0: out there long tossing after the game. Uh huh. Did you see the uh, uh, quote from uh, Kershaw? No. He said, yeah, I'll be ready to throw. In fact, I can throw 27 innings if they need me tomorrow night, So <laughs> He's my favorite. Everybody will be ready. Timberwolves in action tonight. Chris Revers will be ready, too, on Twitter, I'm sure. So oh, yes. Make yes, sure and watch will. for that. Yeah. Timberwolves in action tonight. <laughs> They're at New Orleans to play the Pelicans. The Associated Press preseason basketball poll is out, and our own Minnesota Gophers are in the top 20. They hold down the number 15 spot, Duke is number one for the second straight season and ninth time as a program matching North Carolina for most all time. John, you know what my prediction is on the Gophers, don't you? I don't. Win the Big Ten regular season.
2: Number one seed. And in true Minnesota fashion, become Losing the, the first team to ever lose to a 16. <laughs> oh yes. You were such That's a That's my prediction.
3: You love and the Gopher. That's Holes, just my you? prediction.
2: <laughs> Wouldn't
0: it be fitting? Yeah, be it would. You're right.
2: Giant. Or win the Final Four and then have it vacated
3: three years later. <laughs> Giant, did you see uh, Northwestern is...
0: 19 19? for the first time in program history. That ain't happening. No. That ain't happening. (laughs) Uh, The rest of the top five, uh, Michigan State is at number two, and they received 13 first-place votes. Arizona at number three, Kansas number four, and Kentucky rounding out the top five. Oh, those are some
2: strange names.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Star Tribune reporting, Vikings GM Rick Spielman told a... Small gathering of Twin Cities media today that the team is going to take all the time it's allotted per NFL rules before they make a decision on whether or not to move Teddy Bridgewater from the physically unable to perform list to the active roster. When? When?
2: But they have until right November 8th, one week from today. So that means, will they play? They won't play a game then before they have to make that decision. That's correct. Well, because because the next game is so, in other words, it was meaningless what he told us. Exactly.
0: Okay. okay. The Vikings did practice today and they'll reconvene next Monday for their first practice after the bye week. Uh, if Bridgewater isn't activated by the deadline, he would stay on pup for the remainder of the season. Spielman said the team is only trying to decide whether or not to add Bridgewater to the active roster, not whether it should start him as early as a Washington game a week from Sunday. He returned to practice October 18th. Mm-hmm. And they, they
2: what they really have to decide is whether to keep him on the pup, pup list so they can <laughs> sort of uh, honestly put the screws to him as far as his free agency uh-huh. is concerned. Yeah. Or... Or they have to dishonestly put the screws to him on the on the uh, on the free agency, which I think
0: they'll do. Uh, For the first time Mm -hmm. in nine years, last night OJ Simpson got to hand out Halloween candy. Good for him. You know what? Any
2: kids come dressed as OJ?
0: Not as OJ, but you know what his (laughs) costume was? What a number thirty-two Buffalo Bills OJ Simpson jersey. O.J. dressed as O.J. So he didn't OJ. have a
2: red jumpsuit like... Uh, <laughs> or orange jumpsuit like, like, like Jadavian uh, Jadavian Clowney. Jadavian Clowney did. He did
0: not. Okay. He did not do that. <sighs> no. He dressed in an O.J. Uh, jersey. Uh, ben- Bengals coach Marvin Lewis said he was relieved when that attempted trade of A.J. McCarron to the Browns was not completed. Oh, I bet that upset his uh, boss, Mr. Mike Brown, because that was a
2: great trade for Cincinnati. Why would, he, why would Marvin Lewis be relieved well, that it did
0: I think he's trying to just kind of stroke uh, sure. A.J. a little yeah. bit and yeah. say, hey, we, were, you know, we still love you.
2: They were going to get a second and a third for him. Oh, Unbelievable. Huh? From
0: Cleveland, which means you get the pick right at... Right at the start of the draft. Mm -hmm. Well, he said about McCarran today, he's a valuable member of the team. And I told him that yesterday. Frankly, I was relieved. He's a great kid, a true team player, a leader, and a leader on this football team. And that's why we feel he's such a valuable asset. All right. Thank you, Marvin.
2: (laughs) All right. Thanks, John. You bet. Johnny Hike stole our thunder there with a little update on the uh, AP uh, College Basketball uh, ratings. I did did hear Jay Billis today. You and I were in the room in there when uh, Jay Billis was talking about how excited he is about the season. And then he kind of paused and said, you know, how exciting of a season is. And then he kind of paused and said, well, there is the... uh, you know, the, if, if, the FBI
0: investigation
2: <laughs> and the fact that uh, several coaches, uh, are, including Rick Pitino, have lost their jobs. There is that. But, you know, what bothers me, I guess, when I look at these ratings is to see the one-and-done school right up there at the top. You know, the school that has really no no academic standards. It's just the one-and-done, oh, yeah. no graduation rate. There they are, number one, 33 first-place votes, Duke, the one-and-done Institute of America, old one-and-done himself, Coach K, right? (laughs) Yeah. Remember when Kentucky was rated number one, and oh, it was brutal. It was terrible. Kentucky, one-and-done. And And, uh, this isn't college basketball. About two years later, Krzyzewski started doing it. Nobody pays any attention to it, right? But is, why is Mich- Michigan State, as Bridges came back, and then they got a hot shot freshman, right? Yep. And that's why they're, uh, they're rated that highly? I
3: think so, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, everybody's talking about them like they're back and they're one of the powerhouses. Even though every time one of these uh, national top five players of the year that goes to Duke... Uh, Michigan State's always the runner-up, right? They get beat <laughs> out. It's Thias Jones being an example and uh, right. a lot of those guys. Sean Miller has a powerhouse at Arizona. Uh, they're third. Kansas, only one first-place vote. They're fourth. Kentucky, fifth. Villanova's <laughs> become a regular national power now, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, after they, they been, won that national title, piece. man. Yeah. Yeah. They're sixth. And... Honest Greg Marshall is seventh. of Wichita State. Did you see that?
3: Really? How, seven. how loaded are they? They must be pretty good if they're preseason number seven. Did they seven. switch
2: leagues? Did they leave the Mo Valley finally and they're in something else? I think uh, they did. I think they. Did, did. Yeah, they might have. What's? I let's can't see. remember where the hell they went. They went someplace else. Florida eighth. Uh, North Carolina ninth after winning the national title. And look who's tenth. Southern Cal. Andy Enfield. Mm-hmm. The Florida Gulf Coast guy, who was the last guy the Gophers offered the job to yeah. before Patino got the job, and uh,
3: and his and, first year at USC oh, was a disaster. It was horrible. And people were like, "Oh, what's going How they on here?" This guy
2: and yeah. Enfield was uh, Enfield was, uh, uh, yeah, he was. You're right. He was under a lot of fire, but uh, yeah. uh, all of a sudden they have them rated tenth ahead of UCLA. Ooh. Uh, that ain't good. Where is UCLA? Nope. they lost. They lost everybody, right? Pretty they got, much. They yeah. got another ball kid in, but this this middle one this is, is not is the La real good Mello player. Or, no, but he no Leangelo, I think is. But the he middle lost one. Leaf and he lost Ball. So yeah. By the way, I like Leaf, having seen him for uh, Indiana. He's good. Yeah, I like. He's him. gonna be he can good for the, the Pacers. Yeah. Cincinnati, twelfth, but oh, here's the good news: eleven. West Virginia Huggy Bear
3: <laughs> we Bear Bears.
2: <laughs> what kind of a special personality do you have to be to go play for the Huggy Bear? Because <laughs> there's no way he's going to charm you, right? Right. When he recruits you, he's not going to go. Mom and Dad are not gonna go. He is going wow. to break
3: you down. Yes, when you're, you go you're
2: there. Not, when, when, when he goes to visit you at home with Mom and Dad, they gotta say, "Are you gonna go play with that guy <laughs> or that guy?" But Huggy Bear keeps uh, he keeps getting them there at West Virginia, eleven, uh, Cincinnati, twelve, Miami, thirteen, Notre Dame, fourteen, and the Gophers, fifteen. Uh, so who are we playing in the, this year in the? Uh, after my inside sources reported, we were playing Duke in the uh, ACC game. Oh, it is Miami. It is right? Miami. But yeah. Miami's rated right 13th, so that's a oh, good. Oh, that'll be good. And it's at the barn, I think. Yeah, I think it so. is here. So uh, that'll be good.
3: That'll be a nice matchup.
2: Now people are asking me about Coach Patino and about all those times I called for him to be fired. Never called for him to be fired. Simply pointed out on a regular basis that he. Had produced in his third year the worst team in the history of Minnesota basketball, which mm-hmm. goes back 120 years.
3: Yeah, it was Re- Reavers all. was the one who said he should be fired.
2: Yeah, bro. yeah, said that was Reavers, but fired. it wasn't you. And you know, Eric Taylor almost said it right. I would <laughs> right. fire him if he didn't have the Did good not for buyout. the seven million dollar buyout. Now yeah. that we love him, but he's recovered from the worst year in Gopher history. It's still yeah. on the books, eight and twenty three including 0-2 versus South Dakotas. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so, yeah, I bash the hell out of that year. And you
3: know what, Pat? They, they got to make some noise this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you make the tournament, you know, be in the mix for the Big Ten yes.
2: championship
3: and get to unless the NCAA Michigan tournament State, and make some noise.
2: Unless Michigan State's a super team, and I don't think they are, yeah. uh, then who's better than you in the Big Ten? You're experienced. Yep. You got the key, You got the almost best, everybody back. You got you the best player in New York, supposedly, uh Washington. Yep. So uh You don't nah. have Eric
3: Curry, but you you've got enough yeah. coming back to where you should be good again. And those guys should be a year the, better, the, you
2: older, you uh, better. Apparently that Fitzgerald who we don't know anything about, uh he's a Duquesne transfer, right? But mm-hmm. he's a big kid, so that'll help him make up for Curry. Yep. That was a loss though. That you boy, they would if they had him, he'd be pretty deep.
3: Yeah. But uh, that was the one thing that hurt them that, last year was depth. They, they didn't have, really have a lot of depth. They have
2: guards they don't know what to do with though, right? Yeah. So coffee is an off guard more than anything, right? Yeah. So you got you got Washington and how are they going to divide up the point guard thing with Washington. If Washington's that good, going to play three guards.
3: Yeah, I think you could. Well, in college, yeah, I think you can probably yeah. get away with it. And depending on who they're going up against, if they're yeah, going up yeah. against a smaller team too, they can they can get away with that a little bit more. So
2: Reggie, uh, maybe the uh, officials will have a little more respect for Reggie this year too and not be so quick yeah. to foul because Reggie got better actually down the stretch. He did. he did not get this foul trouble as consistently. Yeah, I'm still.
3: Miami's going to be fun, but I'm still a little. Bummed that the Dukies aren't oh, coming in. Why not? Because I just you know I want to see you, know, you at the barn rooting for the Gophers. and and heckling Grayson Allen. That's wearing, what I want to yes, see.
2: Wearing my mar- I have a maroon sweater. I've never worn it in public, but I have a maroon sweater. I'd wear it to the Duke game.
3: You know you know what I but want. The, you
2: know why they didn't play? He didn't want to come up here. No. Nah. He, no. Who are they? Who, they, who are they even I playing? Don't know who a, they got? But he can probably go to, Michigan State. He can right? go to Michigan State and get beat, it's not a big tragedy but if he comes yeah. up here and gets blown out of the barn by 20 that ain't good but you, right? you you know what I you know what I
3: was what I wanted to see and we're probably never going to see it cuz Grayson Allen's a senior this year is you at the barn and not that he
0: needs to channel any other cantankerous sports writer, but feeling extra salty, we now present Royce's Tom Powers moment. <laughs> yes, you what a Tom
3: one. Powers yeah. moment. We have Grayson Allen, that's Although, what I would love to see.
2: Yeah, I could have a great. I could have a Tom Powers moment about Grayson Allen. Uh, actually, I had a Tom Powers moment yesterday, but you guys weren't prepared for it about, uh, about Nick Saban. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Hey, we'll be back uh, with. Uh, Today in history, this is a good one.
0: Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now, this day in history. Patrick. Jacques Plante didn't just revolutionize the position with the way he strayed from the net to play the puck, his innovative ideas extended to the equipment goaltenders wore.
2: Playing goal without a mask now, the guys are slapping the puck and they got the curved stick. This is slightly to the left of insane. So he designed a form-fitting face mask. Grotesque looking, but it uh, would hopefully provide added protection. Uh, I think of younger sports fans, and most of them are younger than me, the when they find out that people actually played goalie without without a mask without masks until the late 50s. And in fact, Gop Worsley was the last of the great old warriors here with the North Stars who didn't play with a mask. I heard Louie talking the other day saying that he he actually tried the mask up for three, four days, couldn't stand it. Uh, three, four games, couldn't stand it. It was too claustrophobic. He mm-hmm. took it off again. But... I don't, they didn't shoot the puck as hard as they did now, but it's still a puck. Yeah. And if it's going 80 instead of 110, it's going to hurt the face. It's unbelievable. None of them had teeth. I mean, it's 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 incredible. Uh, Jack Plott, on this day in history, November 1, 1959, he became the first NHL goaltender to wear a face mask. Uh he had been practicing in his height white favorable glass mask, fiberglass mask earlier in the season. But the Canadians coach, the legendarily difficult, <laughs> told Blake wouldn't allow him to wear it during games. On November first, Plot just put on the mask and went out and played. And back then they didn't have backup goalies, so they had to let him play. Yeah. And uh he started a trend which is probably a very good idea minutes into the game and the Andy Bathgate wound up and fired a backhand shot from a few feet away it hit plant right in the face split his lip but the mask kept him from having a damaged face